We'll read something from Gibran. Each thing that exists remains forever, and the very existence of existences proof of its eternity. But without that realization, which is the knowledge of perfect being, man would never know whether there was existence or non-existence. If eternal existence is altered, then it must become more beautiful, and if it disappears, it must return with more sublime image. And if it sleeps, it must dream of a better awakening, for it is ever greater upon its rebirth. Well, a few things to share. We have a new CD. It's actually a remastered uh, tape that's been mastered into a CD. Uh, you as communicator, you as a creator. And it's a meditation and a talk, and they're back on the back table as well as in the back as on the bookcase. So you're welcome to take those. And um, there's going to be a light column workshop with Bill on Sunday, September 11th, and it'll be here at the Island Center from 2 to 4 p.m. So there's a large announcement in the back and then some something you can take home to remind you as well. Do you want to say anything about it, Bill? Or? <laughs> well, that's true. It's 9-11. I hadn't even realized that. So, uh, you know, it would be a nice way to spend a Sunday afternoon doing some service work. And out of service is always fun and rewarding in many ways. And you'll learn a lot about the action and the movement of light. And then also on the back we have um, a very simple little piece of paper. It has a website on it that you might find really fascinating. It gives you uh, a broad perspective of the path of sound and light in the world. A lot of the different organizations, the philosophies, the traditions, the lineage. And um, I think you'll find that not just the, the page it opens up to, but all the links that are involved are full of information, full of insight. And it will give you a greater understanding and foundation to stand on as you walk this path. So I think you'll find it very informative. And there's also a part in there called uh, the grand scheme of all creation. And it gives you a full uh, insight and understanding of the levels of consciousness, the realms that the names relate to and the inner journey that we're taking. So um, I think you'd find this very, very helpful. And so please take one off the back. and. Uh, get on the site and just see what it looks like for you. Uh, Kent Portman actually found this for us and shared it with us. And Brian and I have been looking it over and found it very fascinating and informative. Google Alerts actually found it for us. Oh, OK. <laughs> good old Google. Sound and light are one of my keywords. Good. Well, that's a good one. It's a neat website because I mean, they give so much information of what's out there right now today but also historical perspective. There's tons of links in the history of all, I mean, throughout history, they have links to where you can really research on this. And it's really nice, um, the person, I don't know who it is, who wrote like a two-page summary of this pathway, the core principles. I just, it's one of the most wonderful explanations in simplicity and describing in such a short amount of space um, of the path and the teachers over history and 
it's just it's really worth checking out. Um, you know, just I, I'm a person who likes to know a little bit of background and a little historical perspective to show you really this has always been around and the ancientness of it and the solidness of it. It's not just some, you know, some new age type of movement or something going on and that it's always been around. And so this, this website's just got a great reference um, into many different perspectives. And it shows, and even one of the sites has a lot of the, um, um, the like the, the family tree type of thing with several lineages um, that are offshoots of a lot of different pathways. So it's just, it's all very interesting. So I'm gonna actually have Brian read the website out so that people listening on the internet can write it down and and um, look at it themselves. So the website address is http colon forward slash forward slash <laughs> en dot w-i-k-i-p-e-d-i-a dot o-r-g forward slash W-I-K-I forward slash S-U-R-A-T underscore S-H-A-B-D underscore Y-O-G-A. It's wikipedia.org is basically, and then Surat Shabd Yoga is the reference on that. But it's on the paper back there, but again, Jim had me do that for when this goes on the website, so if anybody gets this on the website, <laughs> It's very different now, not just talking to the group here, but keeping in mind that we may be talking to hundreds or thousands of people, you know, all out with the website now and all that. So we don't want a lot of people going, what? What website? Where, where do I find it? <laughs> ILM.org. <laughs> so, all right. Nothing. Nothing. That's not about ILM.org. I'm, I'm just putting in a plug for us as well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ILM.org, so now that it's out there, is just our website for this group here. So if you want to learn about the history of everything we're doing right here today in ILM, this website we just read to you on wikipedia.org, um, it, it's just it's a great starting place. It'll keep you busy for a long time if you go and check all the links. It'll give you history of the mystical path of sound and light dating back thousands of years. It's, it's quite interesting if you really begin to investigate all the links and see how they all interconnect and, and how they've all flown together, uh, sometimes hidden and underground and sometimes very much present and out in the world. So. In the chart that they have, Jim Red said earlier, the grand scheme of all creation, it's very, it, when you see this, it's just a wonderful <coughs> graphic visual of when we talk about the astral, causal, mental, etheric, and soul planes and the realms of spirit. They give it in the Indian terminology as well as the Western, and it's just a really great perspective that's almost, almost exactly identical to what we've written up here, but there's just a little bit of a difference, but you'll recognize it really easily. Okay. So let's see. You know, it's fascinating. Uh, tonight when we were meditating, I was aware of a lot of the movement of energy and 
and different teachers were talking and sharing, and, and one of the teachers came up and said, so why do you initiate with five names when you have six realms to deal with? And I went, what? And he said, well, you give them the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and the soul name, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, what about the physical? Don't they have to deal with the physical realm too? And I went, well, yes, but we don't have a name for the physical realm. And he said, but why don't you? And I began looking inside going, well, why don't we? <laughs> and I, I heard a voice that was really a breath in the Holy Spirit come forward and say, I am the name of the physical realm. I am the name of the Lord of that realm. And it's the breath that... It's on that first breath that the soul comes into the physical realm, into the physical body, and it's on the exhaled breath that the soul leaves the physical body and leaves the physical realm. And so in a sense that the name unspoken is the breath that we're ever breathing, ever breathing. So the name is very present within us at all times, and we're ever saying it as we breathe it over and over and over. And it's the one name of, in that breath that we're breathing that ever keeps us focused here, keeps us aware here, and keeps our attention focused in the physical realm. Does that make sense to you? So that's one reason why we don't have a name, a silent, unspoken name of God, of the physical realm, to initiate people with, because you are already awake here, you're doing what needs to be done here to clear your karmas, to handle this level, to free yourself at this level. And if you're walking the path of sound and light, you're also meditating in the physical form, in the physical realm, to begin to free yourself up at this level. And it's the process of going inside, drawing the attention of your consciousness, the soul element of your being, away from the physical and back to the seat of the soul that is the action of that living word made flesh in the world here now, taking place within you that is part of the initiation process. So be aware that as you sit down and you begin to go inside in your meditation, the action of sitting down, closing your eyes, bringing your attention to the seat of the soul, and beginning to chant the five names of initiation, all has to do with the living name inside of you ever freeing you both of the physical realm and the realms above. But in truth, it's what you do here in the physical form with your physical consciousness while you're awake and attentive here that has to do with you freeing yourself of the karmas that you have incurred at the physical level. Where in your meditation state, you are working yourself free astrally, causally, mentally, etherically, and soul by chanting those names and walking through those realms and loving and, and holding the focus of loving when anything comes present in your meditation, just putting loving into that and letting it dissolve into the loving. In the physical world, you are also able to consciously focus and walk and do the physical life and be responsible here and that's how we clear a lot of our karmas at the physical level, of doing life in loving, in forgiveness, in acceptance, with responsibility. And so oftentimes we talk a lot about the inner journey.
the inner focus, about meditation, about going within. But tonight I want to talk a little bit further on what it is to live in this creation with our eyes open and to be walking around doing our daily routine and doing it as an initiate and allowing that same action that we are doing when we have our eyes closed and focused in meditation and bringing about that action of liberation for our soul inside in that meditation to bring it out into our daily living practice here in the world. And so tonight, I'm hoping Brian will share as well, but we'll both be sharing a little bit more about the process of living in the world, the, the tools by which to live, and how to hold a focus so that you begin to free yourself, even at this level, of those bonds that hold us here. One of the greatest things that hold us in bondage here is attachment. Attachment to the things of this creation, the things of this physical realm that we are so involved with. Whether it be other people, such as our relationships that we have with our family, with our friends, or with things in the world, such as our home, or our car, or our job, or our money, or anything that we find ourselves attached to. Those attachments constantly are drawing our focus, our awareness, our attention outside of ourselves, taking us away from our centeredness that is our divine spirit, and anchoring us more and more into the physical reality here. And so one of the key factors for me that I have found in my daily life has to pay attention to those places where I find myself getting attached to whether it be a person, a place, a thing, whatever, and to do what I can not to attach to it, to love it, to honor it, to respect it, to enjoy it, to appreciate it, but not to attach to it in the sense of being in need, being in want. And oftentimes that's why attachments take place, is because there's that part of us that is being empty and longing and wanting of something. And because we do not understand that action of that void, of that emptiness, we begin to look and see how to fill it. And we often will attach ourselves to things in the world, hoping that that attachment to those things will somehow resolve this longing, this emptiness. We attach ourselves to people, hoping that somehow that attachment to them and hopefully their attachment to us will somehow resolve whatever that is that's taking place within us. We will attach ourselves to many different things in the world for many different reasons, but often it's because of our lack of understanding of who we are as soul, as divine, as spirit. And because we are focused down and out into this creation, we are ever looking for resolution, for fulfillment in this creation, but it's not in this creation that we find it. It's inside and in the realms of spirit that we truly find the fulfillment that we're longing for and are looking for. So for me, one of the greatest things I have found throughout my life is where am I focusing? Where am I holding my attention? What am I attaching myself to? And, and I have found that it's been very important for me 
from childhood on to ever be focusing on God first, to be bringing my attention back to God, back to that centeredness where the loving resides with God, for God, to God, in that movement of God's loving. And I have found today even that for me, it is ever paying attention to where I am living in the moment. When I was a child, one of the teachers on the inner level said a very wise statement to me that I discovered the wisdom of early on, and I've lived that wisdom since then as much as I can. And that is, live one day at a time, one breath at a time. Now, what did I say earlier? That, in a sense, the initiatory name at this level would be the breath. And the key then, just like in meditation, with the five names unspoken inside that you are given in your initiation is to hold your attention on those five names and to keep bringing your attention back to those names to go higher and higher. At this level, it's pay attention to the moment. Pay attention to the breath in the moment and live one day at a time, one breath at a time. And so oftentimes when I find myself totally distracted in my meditation, and I'm not able to really relax the physical body enough to get into meditation and to really let go of the physical form, I will pay attention to my breathing. Now, I'm not promoting hatha yoga here. That's not what this is about. But it is a way of beginning to center yourself at a very physical level when the physical isn't willing to participate. So with your eyes closed, you can use that breath to pay attention to where that centeredness lies within you, to bring yourself present into the moment. And then by chanting the names on the breath, in the breath, with the breath, inside, not outside, you begin to go up higher and higher, and you let go eventually of focusing on your breath, of your breathing. Now, I'm not saying in every meditation, focus on your breathing first. Don't. That's not what this is about. But at the same time, that can be a tool when the physical is really overwhelming you, the body is really uncomfortable and not cooperating, to begin to center yourself at a very basic physical level so that you can focus higher. But during the day as well, when your eyes are open and you're doing your daily routine, one of the best things you can do is to every once in a while just stop and pay attention to the moment. And one way to do that is just to pay attention to your breathing. Don't make it a hard focus, but just pay attention to your breathing in and out, in and out. <clears throat> and as you do that, you'll find that centeredness with your eyes open. You'll find that stillness where that stillness of loving, that still small voice resides within your consciousness. It'll bring you centered. And then you'll be able to approach the remainder of the day from a different place than you might have otherwise. I found today that several times I was getting overwhelmed with things. There was so much to do, so much energy coming in from other realms and other people that I was just getting fractured in the moment. And I was, my energy was just dispersing. And I had to constantly keep bringing myself back to focus. And several times today, I began to focus on my breathing, just paying attention to myself breathing in and out and relaxing into that action until I felt the centeredness. And then immediately I came up to the seat of the soul 
and began to chant the names of God and release all that was coming on me, release all that was building within me by just letting it go, letting it go with the consciousness of the breath. Does that make sense? It's important that you understand this. I, I, I'm not promoting for you to focus on your breathing. I'm not promoting Hatha Yoga. But at the same time, I do want to begin to look and see how can we live a spiritual life while we're in the physical form with eyes open doing our daily routine. It would be great if we could sit all day in meditation and really wake up into God and know God and be in that peace and stillness and not have to deal with our daily life out in the out, open outer world. But that's where our lessons are at this physical level, is in the world. So it is important for us to also get up and go into the world and do the world, participate in the world, to learn the lessons, to grow and to become a focused spiritual being here as well as on all levels of consciousness. So I want to look a little bit further in some of the ways by which we can begin to live this more as, as a conscious living effort. Because it is about being multidimensional in our living, being aware of who we are as divine while our eyes are open and we're doing our daily routine. And oftentimes the daily routine is a good way to get lost in the world and to lose our centeredness and to lose sight of who we are as divine, who we are as soul. So I want to share a little bit about the process of life, the process of living life, and the tools by which maybe to live in this outer focus a little bit more. And I'm sure Brian has a lot to share in that as well. And if you have questions, we'll also go over some of that just to clarify a lot of what we might say. So for myself, one of the things that I have found that have often gotten in the way of me staying centered within myself and staying present with who I am as spirit is getting caught up in other people's problems, other people's challenges. And one thing I've learned, and I've actually heard it spoken several times inside over the years, not just recently, but over the years, is that people often ignore their own bundles or burdens that they are carrying and focus on others and do what they can to help others handle their burden while their own individual burden is left undone, unhandled. And so one thing I have learned is to look to myself first and to ever take care of what I can within myself, my own responsibilities, my own lessons, my own process of growth. And to not take on the other person's burden, but rather to assist them in coming into an understanding of what is going on in their life. And sometimes it's just be a good listener. And in being a good listener, I found, oftentimes as they share, they find their own solution. They come up with the, their own answer. And so in doing that at an early age, one of the things I have found that came forward that assisted me in that process was just to ask them, well, what do you think? What do you think is the answer? What do you think is the solution? And oftentimes, 
they will look at me kind of like, well, I'm, I'm asking you that. That's why I'm asking you. I don't know. But in that moment, they'll stop, and then they'll come up with something and begin to pronounce for themselves their own solution to the question that they just asked, to the problem that they're trying to solve. So one thing that I've found for myself is not to focus on other people's challenges in life or problems in life or burdens and try to resolve them, but rather to take care of my own, to be aware of my own and pay attention to them and to handle them as they come present. And in the learning of that, I then can assist others in how they might be able to do that for themselves, but realize that they have to do that for themselves. One of the things that you can do great harm in this world is taking somebody's lessons away from them by doing it for them. Let a person learn their lesson. Let them have the opportunity to learn and to grow and to move forward into the divine knowing of themselves through the lessons that they have created for themselves. For truly, everything that we have present in our life today, we created this for ourselves. These unlearned lessons that are present that we're cussing at and cursing at and complaining about and don't want to handle and avoid if we can, those are the things that are upon us so that our soul truly can grow and come into the divine knowing of itself. And they are upon us because we've avoided them before. And we maybe have entered into them before by not avoiding them, but handled them in a way that didn't really resolve the situation, bring us into the learning. And so they are upon us again for our own learning. So allow everyone their own opportunity to learn their lesson. And sometimes that learning process is challenging, is hard, is difficult. I can remember dealing with an individual who one of their challenges in this lifetime was suicide, the desire, the want to commit suicide. And it came in from another lifetime that they had not handled this energy, this consciousness, this lesson well in another lifetime, and they had committed suicide and the energy was upon them in this lifetime as well. And it was running and running and running in them for years and years as a great challenge. And in this lifetime, they gave into it once again. They did not learn from it and, and challenge themselves to get through it and learn to appreciate life and love life and turn to others to assist them in that process, but rather they repeated the pattern once again. And there's nothing you can do but to allow a person to learn their lesson their way. And oftentimes it can take two, three, even four lifetimes for a lesson to be learned. And that's something that's rather challenging for us sitting here today to look at and go, what? You know, I can't learn it all in one lifetime. It may take four lifetimes to learn a lesson. But that's true. That's where the statement, the sins of the father shall be passed into the fourth generation comes from. It can take four lifetimes for us to learn a lesson and to grow beyond it and move on into what's next for us. And so it is to allow everyone the freedom to learn their lesson in their own timing 
and not try to force them to learn anything that isn't they are not ready for. Does that make sense? So, do you want to share some things? The energy is with you, so I just went with you. Well, it's interesting getting in these areas because now we're going to deal with all the games of the world. Right. <laughs> and even Jim, just hearing him say about if somebody's not ready, well, don't also think you know when they're ready or when they're not. Because <laughs> that's something we'll do. And we all, you know, I've heard so many people, including myself, um, talk about when we think somebody's ready for something or not. And I've really learned over the last few years, especially, of really just to be more the observer, to participate, to be in loving assistance, to support them when they ask for the support, but not to push or try to make them do it the way that maybe I would think they should do it, but really to support them in finding the way that works best for them in whatever the timeline, however that unfolds. And I'll tell you, the wonderful thing that has happened as I've really done this more and more over the years is that I have gotten a greater freedom. My life has actually become easier by not trying to do things for people, but just loving them, accepting them, and supporting them right where they're at with whatever it is that they're going through. And I have found that if I can just be in that loving and hold that loving, that that loving that I create, this open door to let that flow through, that that loving is the greatest assister that I've ever experienced, more so than any words I could have ever say or anything I could have ever done for somebody. And so I've really learned just to let that loving flow through because that's really the life force that everybody needs to really go complete what they've come here to complete, to experience and to learn and to grow. So I found if I can just open and let the love flow, that that is going to move them, inspire them, encourage them, and give them the energy and motivation to move forward now and handle their lives in a more responsible way. Because a lot of the times if life is really challenging and it feels like a real burden and we're overwhelmed, you know, we'll feel the pressure and the weight of that. There's a tendency for the consciousness to get tired and so I want to sleep or to avoid or run around and skirt around the issue or whatever that is in life. A lot of it for me, for example, you've probably heard my story maybe several times of how many years it took me to really finally get a full-time job to take care of myself. I'd always do a little bit here, a little bit there, part-time jobs. What do I want to do when I grow up? And so a lot of it was exploration for me. I didn't even really fully realize that I was really in a sense avoiding my responsibility of taking care of myself in a greater way. I always thought I was chasing after a dream to manifest my dreams, to make this happen the way I wanted it to. But the funny thing was, the dreams that I thought I wanted, I could never make happen. They never manifested. For years and years, this took place. It's almost like one thing failed after another, but I kept trying or working or pushing, and it just kept getting worse. And of course, as it gets worse, it's kind of like, okay, so what is my world reflecting to me? It's called wake up and pay attention. If it's not working, begin to search and look for a different way of doing it. And so then as I began to search and be more active in my searching, well, if this isn't working, then that began to open the doors. And it's through my action steps, that's the other key, is taking actions. If it's a physical if it's a physical experience to be had, as Jim was saying, the physical karmas we've come into experience, then that takes a physical action. And so I found that as I could move forward with physical actions, even if I was really tired, 
is that energy of trying to avoid or the overwhelming burden or responsibility that if I found even if I took little steps, even the little physical steps to help find to open the energy fields within me, and each time I did a little more, all of a sudden it would open more and I'd have more energy, more energy, more energy, where eventually I was able to start doing a lot more physically. So I found in the, even the little steps and being patient with myself as I began to move forward in new ways, then the doors began to open inwardly. And then even physically in the outer reflection, awesome things began to work for me in a way they hadn't before. And in a simple practical way it was for me, then all of a sudden that full-time job that was right for me to now step forward in a greater way than I ever had before, it just showed up. It was there because it was time and I was ready and I was committed to really stepping forward now and doing that which I had avoided for so long. And then in the doing with it, it just opened the doors spiritually and of course through that action came the karmic freedom. It just opened more doors now to take the next physical action as what I'm doing right now. But at the same time, because those karmas that I was avoiding, now I've completed. I've gone in, I've had the experience and then the experience is the learning and the fulfilling of those karmas. And so that's something I always talk about and share with people is always participate in your life, do your life, participate in relationships, participate at work, whatever it is you're doing, do it. Don't avoid it, don't run from it, and don't fight with it. Don't go in there and fight to get your way. Go in there to move with loving. And this is where the inner and the outer, you can really tie the two together. As you move through your physical life, begin to open inwardly so that you become the living word in the daily physical life. Allowing the, the living word, those names of God, to live in you and through you. And as you move forward in that loving, that's where you'll see the, what I like to call the magic. Where all of a sudden the doors just open. Even physically, all these coincidences happen to just open up. And all the centricity of life just all comes together. And there's an alignment. One thing, boom, 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 the next. And all these wonderful things start to open. Those are the experiences I think we've maybe each had and we all hope to have all the time because it's so wonderful when it happens. To me, when it happens, that's when we're really fully inwardly aligned and then moving physically on that energy as we go into our physical life. So pay attention to what's going on inside as you're doing your life physically day to day, moment to moment. And at any time you experience inside of yourself a backup or a stop or a block of the flow of that loving do the technique like Jim was just saying. Allow yourself to get centered. Find your way into that center and then back up to the seat of the soul. And once you're there and that door is open, the loving is just flowing again. And you'll know if you pay attention that loving will prompt you to now physically get up and go do once again when it's time to physically get up and go do. And so if you follow that movement of loving as it moves within you and go do your physical life in that flow, that's when the magic starts to happen. And you'll see the little daily miracles just in the most common, everyday, ordinary experiences when you're really living in that flow. And you can also be open and experience the greater things that we call miracles where there's big drastic changes in the physical life because we are open to that and we allow that to be expressed and experienced in us and through us. So just pay attention. That's really the key is really paying attention inwardly up here. Be aware of what's going on inside of yourself. Be aware of what's going on outside of yourself. When you allow your awareness to fully expand 
and incorporate all that has taken place, inwardly and outwardly, there's the oneness. And if you really allow that oneness to live within you, you will be living in the flow of loving. And then you'll find yourself just easily and gracefully being able to move through this world as a river of loving flows through you. You'll just flow with it even through this physical reflection. And in that, you'll begin to find ways to maneuver in and through maybe different relationships where you are challenged, different obstacles, maybe at work, different things going on with family or friends. Whatever it may be, you'll begin to see and find new ways to move forward now where you may have experienced a block or a struggle or you're fighting with something or you're avoiding something. So as you pay attention inwardly to that, just be aware that it may change big and instantly or maybe just gradual, little by little, but to allow the timing, whatever it is. The key is always just to always refocus yourself back to that inner opening to allow that spirit to come through. That's truly all we have to do. We don't need to know the answer, like the information of how to do something perfectly. I have found that all I need to do is be open to the loving. And as long as the loving's present, it all gets handled, it all moves. And so that's the key that I've really learned over the years to always go for is that movement of loving within yourself. Don't necessarily go for the information, but if you need the information, then it'll show up in the movement of the loving. That's the thing where we talk about keep your, eye on, keep your eyes on God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then all else shall be added unto you. Because in that all-seeing, all-knowing, the information is there that is going to support you to even do your physical life. So do your physical life, but do it with an inner focus on God. And if you do that physically, believe me, it's going to be easier to get through the karmas that we have here. And another thing is the way we look at karma. Karma is not a bad thing. There's so much now out in the world that I've seen and experienced in so many different groups that people think karma is a negative. It's a negative of the world. It's the evil. It's the bad. It's not, people. People call it karma and dharma. Dharma is the good karma, and karma is what? The bad or negative karma. Karma is karma. It doesn't matter. Karma is simply unlearned lessons you've heard us say here a lot, but the way to learn those lessons is to go have experience. And we have experience by physically doing and participating. So participate in life. And again, holding the focus is what we've just been talking about here in the loving. That's how you're going to dissolve the physical karmas. That's how you get free. That's how you get complete. A lot of times people call and ask, well, what should I do physically in certain situations? And I'll share with them, I'll always bring it back to that inner focus of opening to the loving. And then as I do that in the loving, I've had so many people now go, oh my God, you wouldn't believe what's happening in my life. This and this and this, I'm moving, I've got a new job, I've got a new relationship, this and that. Because they really now started to focus inwardly and upwards in the spirit. And as I did, it created all these openings within them, even through the physical, where now what they wanted physically could now begin to manifest in their lives because they had removed the blocks by really focusing on the loving and letting the loving dissolve the blocks that held them back from even experiencing what they wanted to experience physically. So if you really want something in this world, go up in the side in the spirit and get up in the loving and then let that loving now create the movement and the manifestation of, of it in the world. And believe me, if you do it in that way, you may get exactly what you want physically and it'll be wonderful or you may get something completely different 
but you'll love that even more than the other thing you thought you wanted because it came out of that movement of loving. So if you can really begin to look at your physical life and living it spiritually based in this flow of loving, it'll begin to open doors and you'll really begin to experience things in different and new ways. In every way, from physical details to relationships to whatever that may be. You know, the main thing when we were meditating before Jim even started talking that really came present inside of me um, was the, the Word made flesh, the living Word. And I heard Jim even mention that. Quite often when we talk about the living Word made flesh, it's quite often referred to as the teacher, the master, where that voice of God, that, that aspect of God's loving or the mantle, we'll call it sometimes, of the teacher who can initiate, will often be referred to as the Word made flesh. Well, in meditation this, this evening, I was looking at that and really experiencing the fullness of that loving coming forward of that living Word. And I realized as Jim was beginning to talk how at the time of initiation when you are given those names of God, that is the Word made flesh. So truly, that Word made flesh is in all of us. And when you begin to live that Word made flesh, that's what we're talking about here. That's the God within. That's the God within all of us. So chant those sacred names through the day and you'll begin to really wake up and experience for yourself what that whole saying is about the Word made flesh or the living Word. That's how that, ex that's how that takes place. Every spiritual teacher that's been here that has been referred to as the Word made flesh, they also had to do the work to open up, to experience to get the names of God, to have that anchored within their consciousness. And it was through God's grace that they were given that mantle of initiation in that greater sense to assist others to stepping forward and living the Word made flesh within themselves. It's the same thing. So we all have that opportunity of really stepping forward to be the living Word made flesh within ourselves. That's where we're no different or any other spiritual teacher is different than anybody else. It's just a matter of awareness and really living that loving in a greater way. And that's what we're all here to do. So really begin to work with those names, those sacred names, to really know that you are the Word made flesh as well. And the more you really affirm that and live that within yourselves as you chant, as you are loving throughout the day, that's how the living Word becomes made flesh into the manifestation, even into the physical level. And so living the fullness is where we can fulfill and complete all the karmas physically so we don't have to repeat. Just as Jim was saying, you mean it may take me four lifetimes to learn a lesson? Well, it may, but if you really live that word within, you may get it done in one because you are living the loving fully even into the physical level. And that loving lived fully, you can complete the lessons in one lifetime. But it's up to each of us how we choose and if we want to do that. You know, a lot of people I know, when I get initiated on this path, they think, oh good, I got initiated, I'm out of here, one lifetime I'm gone. Well, that's not necessarily so, people. I hate to say it, but it may be. If you really choose to live the initiation, if you really do the loving, if you do the living of the Word made flesh fully, then it will be one lifetime. But that's in your hands. But you won't really know until you choose to live in that. We know some people, 
that want to take initiation, but they think, well, I don't want to go back in one lifetime. I don't want this to be my last. I actually am enjoying it here. I want to do more here. Well, it works that way also, that as you live this Word made flesh, as you live the loving, your life can be so much more joyful and more of a fun process here. And it doesn't necessarily mean if you do want to stay longer because you're enjoying it, that you're necessarily going to be done in one lifetime. You may be coming back several lifetimes, but being able to live in a great state of grace or even come in to assist others because of the joy that you hold in living that loving. There's a real freedom with that is what I'm trying to say here. So whether you want to get out this lifetime or you want to come back because you enjoy being here, it doesn't really matter. Just live the loving present right now. Step forward daily. Be that living word made flesh. And you're going to experience the freedom and liberation in all your experiences that you're here to have physically and all the other levels. And then in that freedom and liberation, you'll be fine no matter where you're at, whether you're back again or whether this is your last lifetime, won't even matter to you because you'll be living the liberation because you are living that word made flesh here and now and you'll know the fullness of it.